Like, and I think there's something really healing and restorative about having that tangible bodily experience of seeking and receiving forgiveness. And it's, it's just like how we seek those ashes. Like we want that tangible experience. And I think we, as bodily Mm -hmm. creatures, we need that. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us wondering where January and most of February have gone Mm. and how Lent snuck up on us so quickly. Also striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week, I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm Rocky McCormick, your other co-host. Pull up a chair, I don't know, or sit on the floor. You can sit on the floor if you want. I'm a fan of that. Grab your favorite beverage. Definitely ignore the laundry. But join us as we talk, laugh, and sometimes cry about our experiences raising Catholic families and discovering God within our everyday lives. I will not be sitting on the floor, Rocky, no? because you would have to peel me off the floor <laughs> if I sat down. <laughs> that is far beyond my yeah. realm of physical ability these uh, days. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a floor sitter. Okay. Or napper. <laughs> I don't know. So this coming Sunday is February 19th. No. Where did the year... I don't know. What happened? I don't know. Does it feel like this year has just been like perpetual Mondays to you? Yes. I was actually saying in January that it felt very Lenty in January. Yes. And now we actually have Lent staring us in the face and I feel like I'm not ready. I know. Like Ash Wednesday. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. Well, not yet. It'll be but here. like it will be. Mm-hmm. It's it's nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like each year progressively is like, oh yeah, you thought that about 22. Watch me go faster. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. Yeah. Gosh. No. It's probably worse for us because we were living in 2021 for two whole years. Oh, maybe so. Because <laughs> we forgot to bless our house. Oh, so is yours blessed? <laughs> it is blessed. Mine too. I don't know. It still makes it go really fast yes. and seem like it's Monday. It's like Groundhog Day. Yes. But not in a fun way. Mm-hmm. And I'm still writing 2022 on things, which is just a whole yeah. separate thing there. Hmm. I don't know what day it is most days. So, yeah. so yeah. Ash Wednesday yeah, it's is coming, coming up. It is. And so Ash Wednesday has always fascinated me. It's not a holy day of obligation, but it is a super busy day at the parish. Yes. And I remember when I worked on campus, like that was a really big day for campus ministry and even for young adults. Like yeah. it has a draw. And it's like standing room only at mass. Yeah, even for people who don't come to mass normally. Yes, yes. But they will come to Ash Wednesday. Lots of visitors on Ash Wednesday. Very Agreed. much so. Agree. And I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it is the getting marked. Mm. Like it's the ashes. Like even Palm Sunday is busy, but it's not Ash Wednesday busy. Mm-hmm. I think it's that act of having something tangible marked on us, whether it's the ashes being set apart. Like mm-hmm. maybe you're not perfect, but you mm-hmm. still belong. Yeah. You're part of this larger community. And I remember working on a college campus, it was the Catholic dating game. Cause you'd go to class and someone would have ashes on their forehead and be like, I didn't know they were Catholic. Which is a dangerous game because it's not solely a Catholic observance yep. these days. Yeah, so, so there's a, a... It's not dangerous, but... There's like, an, a different denominational yeah. church right around the corner from my house. Mm-hmm. And last year driving by, they had a large sign mm-hmm. on the main road that said, Drive Through Ashes. Yes. Yes. So yeah. it is definitely not just a Catholic thing. It and, is not. But, I, but I, do, I do agree with you that as Catholics within the Catholic 
culture. Mm-hmm. We do love our sacramentals. We love we do. that bodily experience. I think that's so important because we we all have we are, bodies, we're right? We're, we're sensory people. people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the word became flesh and dwelt among mm-hmm. us and that just means that everything we experience in our bodies in our flesh does have meaning has the potential to have meaning yeah a hundred percent and i do think that there's a draw to understanding our mortality as morbid as that sounds sometimes yeah you know and even to hear the words like repent and believe in the good news Mm -hmm. or you know talking about ashes and dust yeah and like the openness and the willingness to admit authentically we are broken this is this is who i am right right now and there's something innate in us Mm -hmm. there's something that's just built into us that craves that experience of the divine Ooh. so even if we're not coming to mass there's something about coming and getting marked yeah as a person of god who is on this journey however imperfectly but is craving more and so that's what we would always hone in on like with college campus ministry especially is that there is a desire yes how are we meeting people in that desire? Mm. And not even that we have to like give people something, no. but that we we can be there to walk with them and accompany them to uncover what's already there, right. what they don't necessarily see. And that conversation always came back to, okay, we're not seeing them at mass. Mm-hmm. So where's the disconnect? Mm-hmm. Like what are they not finding at mass and not getting yeah. prideful about the fact that the mass is the source and summit of the catholic life but what are they not experiencing there yeah that they are experiencing in this one day Mm. Mm. and how do we speak into that to invite them to more yes yes i love all of this this is all wonderful things we're done wrap it up people (laughs) it's time to go cool cool (laughs) no but like even like for parents with older children and parents who have kids in college that have maybe fallen away a little bit it'd be interesting to find out if they go and get their ashes on wednesdays yeah because if they are then there is a connection there yeah like they haven't turned away they're just on a detour i'm actually very interested to know that so if you're listening and you know of people if you've seen them if you have family members even who who you know they don't come to church much but on on ash wednesday they're there Mm -hmm. like we're, we're praying for those people today. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that as a parent, I think that would give me hope mm. that they haven't completely walked away. That right, there that there's is something a relationship. there. Yeah. yeah, that longing is still there. Oh, like right? That. So, ashes. Mm-hmm. Inquiring minds want to know, do you leave your ashes on your forehead or are you a wipe it off right away kind of gal? All day. All day. Yeah. So uncomfortable. <laughs> all day i always love that you've got something on your forehead i'm like yes yes i know i know mm-hmm. i'm aware i bathed i promise <laughs> i think what day is it <laughs> right. don't no. ask us about how often we wash our hair but yes no, we right. do bathe regularly <laughs> <laughs> so i'm so interiorly conflicted about this i keep it on too but then i think of the scriptures that says you know, when you're fasting, do not go out, yes. and, right? Like, yes, and that's and, and they sackcloth and ashes, yes. right? So then I'm like, wait, I'm not supposed to be like, out there with the ashes. These? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. But there is such a powerful witness too. And again, you know, the hey, I'm Catholic. You're you're Catholic or Lutheran or Christian that observes Ash Wednesday as well. Mm-hmm. So there's that community mm-hmm. aspect of that. But yeah, I get conflicted. I do leave them on. Okay, I do. What and I tell also, my kids is that. Um, you know, we're not we're not leaving them on. We're not walking around to show them to other people. No, right? We're wearing them for us. Yes. And they immediately, inevitably, at least one of them will be mm-hmm. like, "This is itchy." 
Oh, right? I like know, I can it is. I was just going to say that. It's like moving or like scratching I, my forehead all yeah, day. Yeah, like when I blink, some <laughs> yes. of it comes down into my eyelashes. My eyelashes. <laughs> yes. And so like I always say like we're leaving these on for us. Like is, right. is it slightly discomfortable? Uncomfortable? Yes. Like mm-hmm. every time you experience that little bit of discomfort, like that's a great reminder like of what we're doing. I'm going to use that. Yeah. And <laughs> discomfortable. Yes. I made up a new word today. You did. So every time we experience that discomfort, yeah. that's a reminder of like what we're doing today. Right. What is starting today? What is this season that we're coming into? A season of discomfort in some mm-hmm. ways? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Mm. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't life one big long Lent? <laughs> Maybe <Lately>. just 2023. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. no, but Busted Halo too. You know, I love the people at Busted Halo. And so they always on Instagram do their hashtag. Um, so you can follow around and then they have the guide. What kind of ashes did you get? And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to remember what they call them, but... You know, they have the, the designs of the different kinds of ashes you get, depending on who's imposing mm-hmm. the ashes. And mm-hmm. then you can have fun with it, too. But it is. It is a reminder of what it is we're entering into, mm. how it is that we're set apart. Yeah. And so I'm going to bring us into this weekend's gospel, because I think Jesus is so clear on the heart of what sets us apart as Christians in imitation of him. And so he is challenging us to love our enemies. In fact, he says, what credit is it of yours if you love those who love you? Like what sets us apart is loving people that maybe don't like us mm-hmm. or that we have a struggle with. Um, and mom confession, I feel like as a parent, we live this in a small way all the time. All the especially when our kids are acting in ways we don't like, right? Like, we love you, we love you, we love you. Please stop jumping on the couch. We love you, we love you. But it can be difficult to detach ourselves from their behavior. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our reactions betray our immediate feelings. Mom might have yelled when she didn't want to. But we continue to give ourselves to them. It's not like a deal breaker. But it's so easy, I think, and I think we've all had this moment where we we're reminding ourselves like I love you I love you I love my kids I love my kids right, right? like we're really working really hard yeah. and then they go and do like that one thing oh, that yeah. is just like the last know. straw and then you're like I was in labor with you for 17 <laughs> hours I bled right? for you and we like immediately <laughs> go to that place where like you owe me this nah. and then and, and so like Lent is such a great time to go back to yes. that like this yeah. unmerited gift that we are so unworthy to receive right is ours from Jesus. Like he gives that to us. Mm-hmm. We did not deserve that. Nope. <laughs> we, no. Right? Like he wasn't like, okay, now you all owe me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> so no. entering into Lent. Yes. I really, I mean, this is a great time. It's a t- We know like as a church, the church language is that it's a time of repentance, mm-hmm. preparation for the death and resurrection of Jesus. We're walking through the life of Jesus through the whole liturgical year. But I really, this gospel, I really can't think of anything more penitential at the moment <laughs> than looking at how we can better love people we definitely don't like. Like that is I a penitential experience. I don't know what you're talking about. I like everyone, Nicole. <laughs> I definitely do not dislike people. We all have that person, Rocky. I am not opinionated at all. We all. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to move back a little bit so lightning doesn't strike. (laughs) Thank God for confession. That's all I'm saying. Amen. (laughs) Amen. We all have that person though, right? Like someone who's hurt us or like really just like 
grates on our nerves and is annoying or maybe someone who's really vocal about things that we disagree about sure. like on certain social media platforms all during say election. the month of october and november right. like we've all, we've all or february that. i don't know or, <laughs> <laughs> or really anytime march madness you know whatever yeah we all have that person yeah. so mm. we do and really the lord has placed this on my heart recently in that we don't have to agree with people in order to love them. Ooh. That we really, really need to find a way to move beyond all these points of contention because there are so many right now and figure out how we can love people like he did. And that's such, it's so hard. Yeah. Like it's so hard. It's so much easier to be like, uh, nope, not going there. Right. But Jesus went there and he would now. And I have to say that my children have helped me to begin to make this distinction that what I dislike or am aggravated by in another person is usually a behavior. It isn't the person. It's not the person, yes. It is a behavior. Yes. I've become so mindful in in addressing my own children that I'm really careful to be like, I don't like how you're behaving in this moment or you are a good kid who is making foolish choices. Mm -hmm. And to separate the action from the identity. Yeah. And how much easier it would be to love this person who's aggravating me if I can just put the behavior aside. Yeah. And remember that that person is also a beloved child of God. And Mm -hmm. we have this conversation in our house when people get a little heated about certain (laughs) people we don't necessarily care for whose behaviors or actions we don't care for. And I always have to be like... Tweens getting upset about things their younger siblings are doing? Right. Or like even just societally, because they listen to Tim and I talk. And like, first of all, you're not grown. Mm -hmm. No. Um, You can't talk about things you don't understand. But also, like you need to speak on issues with an understanding that the people that are involved in that are beloved children of God. Mm. That no matter what they are doing, God loves them mm. but that's Jesus so much died for them yes but that's so much easier said than done right like oh totally all the second he always you know he talks about how like when we say we need to love one another we're not saying yeah. that you need to love everyone the right. way you love your right, spouse right, right. or the yeah. way you love your family member, but that we should always be willing the good of the other mm-hmm. we always want the good for for anyone regardless right. of what they may have done to us or against us or whatever right and it's just it's easy to say it's not personal, it's the behavior, or it's not personal, it's just that I disagree with you. Right. But like, what does that really mean, especially if someone has really hurt us in some way, and how do we really express that in a way that's meaningful? Yeah, so I recently came ac- across a post on, on Instagram, and I hadn't heard of this story before, but I'm gonna share a little bit of it now because I think this is such a radical and beautiful example of what we are called to, maybe to the extreme, and maybe not all of us are called to to react this with this kind of radical love and, and forgiveness. But um, so I'm just going to read this story here. This is about Brian Muha, who was tragically kidnapped and murdered by two young men while he was a student at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. He was only 18. And so the state of Ohio wanted to impose the death penalty. And his mom, Rachel, was a lifelong Catholic, but believed that this was not the answer. And she believed that executing his killers would only serve to transmit her suffering when what she really needed was for her suffering to be transformed. Mm. And so that goes back to what we've talked about in so many episodes that an encounter with Christ, an encounter with the love of God transforms us. 
And so his mom did something incredibly radical. She bought the house where he had been kidnapped Mm. and she transformed it into a holy space where seminarians and low-income students could live, pray, and celebrate mass together. And then she started working with at-risk young people in her community, believing that if somebody had once done the same for the young men that had killed her son, that maybe her son would still be alive. Mm. I mean, talk about, I mean, that's an out-of-body kind of love. Like, that is not, I'm a mama bear. (laughs) There's some supernatural grace work in there, right? Yeah. I mean, that is a really radical way Mm -hmm. of loving your enemy for sure. But I think the challenge for us as parents is even in this type of circumstance is teaching our children about how we stand up for what's right, Mm -hmm. how we protect ourselves, how we protect others, um, but also still finding good in people who have hurt us, who, who disagree with us, um, when we know that something they're doing or saying is wrong, mm-hmm. how do we that that tension is really difficult, especially when our kids are really younger. Sure. Um, I you know we talk we've talked before about the age of reason and how supposedly when you turn seven you're reasonable, mm. and but they do have a deep sense of justice by yes, that. Yes, we've stage. talked about that too. The, the second grader, fair. yeah, the second and third grader, big feelings, deep sense of justice, and things right. not being fair is so real, and so like trying to get them to kind of balance that with love mm-hmm. of everyone yeah. can be so hard because they just naturally want to be mad, you know? <laughs> well, and they're not necessarily wrong in being mad. I also, I think we need to to separate this idea that loving someone means we can't be angry with yeah. them. Yeah, I think that's okay. It's mm-hmm. a natural emotion. I think we can't get stuck there. That cannot be the defining point yes. of our relationship. But that is a natural and good reaction to injustice. Yeah. So even when your kids are little, I think you can plant little seeds mm-hmm. about this. And one of the things that I always do when mine are little is um, I I start making jokes with them about different crazy things that they could do and yeah. that I would still love them. Yeah. Like we always talk about that. We never try to, we, we try really hard to be intentional about not connecting. Like I'm angry with you mm-hmm. with like, the thing you did was definitely wrong right. and there's a consequence, but I still love you. Right. And so we'll we'll just be like, we would be like driving in the car or, you know, it'd be bath time or something. And I'd be like, you know what, bud? Even if you robbed a bank and stole a million dollars, I would still love you. And then as they got older, they'd be <laughs> like, but would you help me get away? <laughs> <laughs> would you be my getaway driver? <laughs> right. So, so now every once in a while, they'll say the same thing. They'll be like, mom, if I stole all the chocolate bars in the universe, would you still love me? And then one of them yells from the background, like, she'd love you more. <laughs> You'd like, have yes. all the chocolate. Right. <laughs> Only if I get ten percent, <laughs> right? And then, and then, like, but but just that language of like, yeah. I love you no matter what. Like mm-hmm. that radical, even just thought for them when they're little, yeah, is is something that you want to plant and like really have resonate and live in them as they get older. And then the bigger they get, the harder that is because yeah. they're automatically afraid. But we we give them that free pass, mm-hmm. right? Like when they turn like 11, 12, 13, that tween time, then yeah. it's like, okay, this you I, you need to be remembering. Remember when I said that I was still love you for robbed a bank? Yep. That is still true. Right. So you always have this free card. It's not like you can run out. It's not like once nope. you punch it so many times that you don't have it anymore. It's you inexhaustible. Can, yes, you can always come here. Right. I don't care how big or how crazy or how terrifying your mistake is. Like mm-hmm. I'm here for you. Right. Like my job yeah. is to love you through whatever difficulties yep. you're having. And we start there. Might there be some natural consequences? Yes. Absolutely. Because that's the way of the world. Mm-hmm. But 
no, you're always here. My middle child will test that. What if I murdered someone? I'm like, well, <laughs> if it wasn't me, then yes. <laughs> Even if it wasn't me, yes. And I'm like, I would also be the one to turn you in because love wills the good for the other. And it's not good that you would have done that. Mm-hmm. So we would get you the help you need. Yeah. yeah. But that then goes back to John Paul II again, you know, talking about how we're not the sum of our weaknesses and our failures, but the sum of the Father's love for us. Amen. And that's just such a beautiful, it's not just words. Mm-hmm. You know, it can seem pithy, but it, but it isn't. It's the truth that we aren't the sum of the mistakes that we make or the successes that we have. But I think it feels pithy if, if we don't live in that. Fair enough. You have to live yeah. in that really to experience his love. And, right. and I think that is a challenge um, for us as adults, for mm-hmm. sure. But for our kids, like kind of setting that standard and and it, being the ones who provide that experience of love right. even in a moment of terror like what did mm-hmm. i just do or or that person just said something so t- horrible to me so being that experience yeah. of love for them is where they're going to connect that to how much god loves them and that's what's yeah. going to allow us to grow and really live in that love and let that be who we are 100 percent, and it's a challenge it's something i'm still growing in for instance last night daughter came home from basketball practice Got a text from her coach. A friend picked up her watch and her bracelet. She left it behind and she walked in. She's like, I know. Dad told me. I'm like, yep. Coach said that, you know, your friend will just, his daughter's on the team too. He's like, you know, she'll bring it to school tomorrow. She's like, you're not going to yell? I'm like, nope. We're good. Right. She's what am like I going to do about it? Right. The other shoe to She's drop. like, thank you for not getting in my grill. And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> you don't have a grill. <laughs> I'm like, how do you not bust out? I'm like, don't laugh, don't laugh. Don't Someday laugh. we're going to have to have a whole episode about the language these big kids use because sometimes I'm like, what in the what now? What? Where did you pick that up? What are you watching and who are you talking to? Because what? <laughs> right. So I'm trying not to laugh. But also I'm like, no, just don't do it again. Like you need to take care of your things and we can talk about that later. But mm-hmm. it's taken care of. We're good. Thanks. Okay. Wow. Moving on. And did you hug it out? No, because she's she's, she's not stinky. Hugging. She's not into. Hu- well, she's, oh, she's also not into hugging, but also she just came from basketball practice so and she's, she's gross. Stinky. Oh, we had Man. parent appreciation. And I went to kiss her <laughs> the last game, and I walked away and made the face. She's like, "Yeah, mom, I'm sweaty. It's gross." I true story. Wish my 13 year old would just not hug me when he's stinky. <laughs> he comes home from fencing and he gets in the car, and I'm like, "Did you change your shirt? Because I don't even want your shirt touching my car." <laughs> And then I'll be like, okay, just stay over there. And he's like, what? What? Come here, give me all. And then he has to give me like a big, nasty, sweaty hug. It's just... Now, does he do that on purpose because he knows oh, you he, don't want him to hug sure. it? <laughs> 100%. 100%. But we always hug it out in our house. Yeah. Like, you have a disagreement, you fight, I'll hug it out. Like, And I think there's something really healing and restorative about having that tangible bodily experience of seeking and receiving forgiveness and it's, oh, yeah. it, it's just like how we seek those ashes. Like we right. want that tangible experience. And I think we, as bodily mm-hmm. creatures, we need that. And it's so, um, it's so, it's such a small action. And like, sometimes my kids resent it when I say like, hug it out. And they're like, no. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> you got to hug it out. Like, right. how about a handshake? Like, come on, you got to do something, you know? And, and usually once they start and I'll make them hug until I say stop. Sometimes. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And so like first they're kind of mad about it and they start with like that face while they're hugging. 
and then like one of them will break and then the other one breaks and then all of a sudden they're laughing hysterically and like falling on the floor right like that's amazing you can literally watch hugging in our house always turns into wrestling with the boys so i'm not (laughs) sure we're gonna gonna adopt that one because i'm always like get off each other no but that really reminds me of one of the best little nuggets of parenting advice i'd ever gotten and that was especially when they're little to get down on their level Mm -hmm. like so you're not towering over them as some sort of authority but like you're on their level and you're having this connection like it's that that connection eye to eye connection you know to talk to them eye to eye not to lecture or to analyze or to discipline from this place where i'm the mom and i say so over them but to connect with them first Mm -hmm. to be that height and eventually like because you're their height they're hugging you too and Mm -hmm. you know you've got tears and snot all over you (laughs) because you're a mom and that's you know that's what happens here (laughs) right but i have to say well it's not always perfect it absolutely has made a difference and, you know, it's unfortunate it took a kid to get there. Yeah. Like, I, f- I feel bad about that. But, in mm-hmm. you know, when the kids are now taller than you, that poses a problem. I'm like, okay, I got to get a stool and get up to her level. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, so maybe if anyone has advice on, on that one. But really, like, it made me think that's what Jesus did for us. Yeah. Like, on, on a supernatural level. Yeah. Like, he came down and he took on flesh to become human, to walk with us, to enter into the mundane aspects of our life. Mm. And again, just that connection back to that, the intimacy of that connection that God creates for us, Mm -hmm. that he is not a distant God. And that he... And that he stayed, right? Right, like he's still here, right now, present yeah. in every church in the tabernacle, absolutely, in this, in this little, very vulnerable piece of bread, right? He's still here, right? <laughs> and and that he he did that so that our relationship could be so close, so right. physically and tangibly close when needed, right? right? And we, when we're talking to our enemy, sometimes it's just so hard to get out of our own heads mm-hmm. and and to think beyond like the thing that we disagree with or the thing that really hurt us the most. Right. And we just live in that space. We live in that anger instead of being in that physical vicinity with the other person and yeah. acknowledging their identity, that they are loved and, and really being able to wish or desire the good for them. Sure. And I will say like there are instances in which that's just not a good idea. There are those hurts oh, that, sure. that cannot be mm-hmm. reconciled in that way. But again, Jesus gives us the, this beautiful example from the cross that if we need to keep our distance because of safety, of mm-hmm. toxicity, of our own well-being, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we can't still release ourselves from the burden of resentment. Mm. You know, like... Jesus says, forgive them, Father. Father, yeah. forgive them. And you don't have can, to carry that no. around on you. But that's such a weight. It's yeah. so scary for some people, I think, to right. let it go because it's almost like a security. It is. <laughs> it's a blanket. <laughs> I am comfortable in this. I know my relationship mm-hmm. with them. They did this and I respond this way. Mm. What does it feel like to be free from that? That's a scary thing. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, for sure. This week on 52sundays.com, mm-hmm. the prayer for our families invites us to pray a rosary together as a family and make each decade of prayer for someone who has hurt or offended us. And I am the realest of the real. And I know (laughs) that a lot of us listening are probably like, we can't get through a whole rosary. Mm -hmm. And that is totally okay. Pray in whatever way is really most meaningful for you as a family, but to really invite that idea into your prayer for your for your family, no matter how young your kids are, about praying for people who have offended you or hurt you, um, and and still praying for those people who we are just not sure 
what that relationship might look like or how mm-hmm. we're going to get there, but we're yeah. but we're still working that out. Sure. And and I think this connects so beautifully to Archbishop Vigneron's letter, um, Unleash the Gospel, where he actually challenges families directly and he says, reclaim the sacrament of reconciliation as a lived reality mm. in your home. Heal wounds and brokenness in your family through sacrifice, forgiveness, mercy, love. So like, I, that's my, that's my takeaway for this week. Like let's figure out a way to pray in whatever Mm -hmm. way works best for us, where we are now in the life you have now for those people and, and reclaim that sacrament of reconciliation as a lived reality in our homes. How are we living this in our little domestic churches? I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, but I, I love that. So thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. We hope your family's journey into Lent is gentle, healing, and filled with grace. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.